George Kritikos here to talk to you about the Player Raider podcast. Along with co-host Ryan McDowell, we leverage the DLF player valuation tools and help inform you on your dynasty roster strategies. Whether you're joining a new startup, rebuilding a team, or maybe you're just not quite at contention level yet, we help you understand player values and how to really drive your team forward as dynasty owners. Tune in and enjoy the show. Crossroads. My name's Peter Howard at PA Howdy on Twitter. Um, I'm normally joined by Jake Anderson, Jake Anderson FF on Twitter. He is unavailable this week. I happen to think that's got a lot to do with the fact that Rashad Penny finally broke out to be the dominant top 12 running back that he is destined to be. And Jake uh, ran, frankly, ran away so uh, he doesn't have to confront me on this, the week of Rashad Penny and Aaron Jones, of course. Uh, and why not? I'll pretend that Jake doesn't like Aaron Jones because he's not here to defend himself. Ha. He does get to listen to this since he posts it, so this might actually not get posted now I've said that, now I think about it. So that was probably bad strategy. But anyway, um, I actually posted a poll myself um, uh, to try and decide what to talk about uh, without Jake this week. Um, I asked about uh, whether we should talk about Aaron Jones or whether we should talk about... Um, just general dynasty strategy and um, the one that won with a lot of votes thanks to a lot of retweets thanks guys it wasn't on the dino crossroads handle so it was just my account so i had a few friends re- retweet it so people might notice it um and the poll that won was actually it was uh, dynasty stashes so players that have dropped in value or never had value that might be good to put on the back end of your roster to hold for next year if you don't think you're competing or you're already maybe out of the playoff playoff hunt if it's gone badly enough. So what I did is obviously everyone's first stop should be Dynasty League Football um, where me and Jake both uh, write and podcast from. Uh, so I went over that and I took the ADP from September, so the start of the season, and then the ADP right now. So And the most recent uh, ADP is from the start of November, so about 15 days old. It's probably changed a lot now, especially with players like Rashad Penny and Aaron Jones becoming uh, proving what we thought they could do, um, that they might actually get the opportunity to do it. But it's what we've got right now. It's collected by Ryan McDowell, who is you know the godfather of dynasty football at this point, I think. So um, yeah, I don't think I need to introduce him. He does a lot of hard work to collect it. And uh, it's one of the most useful resources we can have for dynasty value. So what I did is I looked for the difference in the ADP from September to the ADP now, and then just had it hi- uh, had a sheet highlight which players have dropped the most um, and which players have risen the most. I'm going to try and look for value in that. I've also got a few names that won't be in the ADP data because they weren't drafted <laughs> in September, and they probably aren't being drafted in ADP mocks now either. Um, at least one name that I can think of it probably fits that bill. Again, where Jake isn't here, I'm going to try and keep it uh, 20 minutes or under because listening to me for 30 minutes is probably too much. Um, oh, one more thing. We're also coming to you live from Twitch. Uh, it's something I just discovered because Anthony and Meekster 
Um, one of the best followers, I think, for DFS and also fantasy football. Um, he was uh, twitching, I guess it's called, uh, which is live streaming basically into a camera. Um, I'm trying to get practice at it, so I thought combining the podcast with Twitch would you know, give me the confidence to actually do it since speaking live uh, and everyone being able to see my desktop is kind of... Um, nerve-wracking frankly um but if you do want to see the sheet that i'm referring to or the sheets i'm going to pull up to talk about for the podcast if you go see that i'm pretty sure twitch keeps the videos around at least for a little while so you could probably go after you um after the podcast drops you could probably go to my uh twitter handle um at pa howdy find the link if you're not already on twitch or you don't know how to find me on twitch um, and and find the stream from there, so you'll be able to see me flicking through the sheets as I talk. And it's probably a bit longer too, since you know I'm going to talk for more than 20 minutes. But the podcast has I'll have to edit it down to under 20 minutes. If the link's gone too far down my timeline, just message me if you're honestly interested in it, and I'll be happy to. Um, my handle is the exact same on Twitch as it is on Twitter. So P A Howdy. All right, so um, Twitch family meet Twitter family. <laughs> and podcast family. Looking at di- the difference between Dynasty ABP, the first thing I want to know is who has dropped the furthest. So who has um, fallen in ADP the hardest? Posted these uh, on Twitter as well, just as an image. And the the player who's dropped the most po- uh, spots in average draft position um, is Chris Hogan. Unsurprisingly, since his season, he's never had a great season before, but showed promise last year with New England, as most people end up doing, to be fair. Um, and this year he really hasn't panned out, especially with the addition of Josh Gordon. No, Chris Hogan has definitely never finished in the top 24 and PPR ranks overall for the season at least. He's finished 73rd, 77th, um, 60th and 63rd. So even last year he was, he was even outside the top 50. I don't think he's particularly worth targeting. Like I'm not trading picks from him or anything. Basically out of ADP, so they're no longer drafted. Or Chris Hogan, for example, is being drafted 210th overall, um, which is basically the last round of a standard draft. So he shouldn't carry much value. Um, and he might even be on the waiver wire. And if you've already uh, lost for the season, um, he might be worth a value add. The one that stands out to me in the top 10 um, of players who've lost the most ADP um, it's actually Rex Burkhead because he actually might come back in the next few weeks. So you might even see a value jump in the next three weeks before the season ends. And if you've got a free roster spot you're able to drop people because you're not winning, um, he's definitely someone to add. Although I think you're probably competing with people who are competing because they start to realize that he's coming back soon. Larry Fitzgerald's also in this category. He's dropped 94 spots from 61st overall to 156. That's a big drop. Uh, It's because he's 35 years old. But again, he's showing us he is a model. He's a good player. He's going to play as long as he wants. I don't know when he's going to retire, but until he retires, he's going to hold dynasty value. So, yeah. Uh, If you can trade for Larry Fitzgerald because that team isn't contending and they think his age is a concern... You always, I always at least trade a third round pick for Larry Fitzgerald. That's fine. Again, if you're interested in seeing uh, the top uh, results in ADP fallers, you can check out my Twitter feed for that picture or I guess watch the Twitch feed because I'm looking directly at the sheet right now. So uh, players that are actually mostly more interesting. I've actually flagged a few um, for a number of different reasons. So I'm just going to flick over to that column for a second. Also Tyler Eifert, a player that we know has difficulty staying healthy obviously but he's now dropped to 240.5 which essentially means he's not being drafted he and Delaney Walker 
Uh, both players that have dropped over 80 spots to being almost undrafted. Old is good for tight ends. I continue to preach that age is a good thing for tight ends, even in Dynasty, especially in Dynasty. So uh, their players I'd be interested in trading third, fourth round picks for, and, you know, some player that uh, I'm not as interested in. I, I'd definitely do that for either of those players. Cam Meredith, another per- player who suffered, continues to suffer from that knee injury and that he suffered um, before. Yeah, he, he's someone I'm just picking up on a talent basis. Same with Jay Ajahi. LaShawn McCoy's been dropping in ADP, uh, the same amount, over 70 spots. Um, and I'm interested in him too. Uh, being 30 doesn't concern me in Dynasty as much as it does everyone else, especially when they're being drafted outside the top 10 rounds in, in a Dynasty League. That player's going to have startable weeks for you next year, maybe even for the next two years, um, and, and the value's likely going to rise. I think LeSean McCoy's due to leave. The, the sliding away from just old wide receivers, I would target probably more than you guys would. Um, Chad Williams and Keelan Cole, uh, both players that have dropped over 60 spots, um, Cole's outside the top 140 in ADP, and Chad Williams is outside uh, the top 240, which essentially means, again, that he's basically not being drafted. And he's a player that I liked from a rookie standpoint. Is he had a high market share um, at Grambling, I think it was. Um, he's had great um, usage, actually, this year. He just hasn't really translated. I'm trying to understand why Larry Fitzgerald says he can't drop the ball, essentially to his on-field performance has essentially been he can't catch the ball um, has has been a little bit of a difficulty for me this season but the opportunity itself indicates that he has talent because I think opportunity is the best indication of talent in the NFL Christian Kirk's uh, definitely ahead of him he's my, my most interesting rookie in my opinion but yeah he's someone just from a rookie profile point of view and at his age 24 I'd still be interested in now the cutoff for when I stop being interested in wide receivers is actually year four and the less draft capital have they have the more interested I am in them just generally that's my rule for dynasty stashes one example of that is Devontae Park um, and he's dropped significantly but nowhere near enough for me um, to be interested in him as a dynasty target if I'm not competing he's dropped 27 spots from 102 ADP um, to 130, so he's dropped uh, two full rounds, um, but that's not enough. That's just not enough uh, for what Devontae Parker has done. He did have one good game on a yardage perspective, but his numbers on the season are absolutely terrible. They're terrible. He's playing badly again. In the last three weeks, Devontae Parker's actually uh, been second on the team, even in Whopper, which is weighted opportunity rating from ayards.com. It's my own calculation, and it's using their raw API data, and so it looks slightly different than if you go to ayards.com and get the more accurate data, because their API data, as uh, Zeno James explains to me, it includes all the um, penalty plays. So the calculations are a little different on my opportunity tracker that I post on my weekly article for Dynasty League Football. Um, but it's a pretty good estimation. And Danny Amendola has not just been leading in targets. He's getting enough air yards that he's actually getting more opportunity, even in the last three weeks where Parker's opportunity has risen. He's not earning opportunity, even though the team has, you know, been left with almost no one else to throw to and he's doing badly on it his racer for the season is 0.59 or 59 percent my my main point about pointing out parker is to go for that age for that year boundary that i have 
If you look at first round wide receivers um, drafted since 2000 in the NFL, and then look at all the players that have not finished in the top 24 through their first four seasons, and this is Devontae Parker's fourth season, you get a very small list of players that have actually finished in the top 24 after the, that fourth season. Um, in fact, the only player I know off the top of my head that has done it is Kenny Britt. And the only players I can see that have finished inside the top 24 after not having done it through the first four seasons is no one drafted in the first round. Um, now, I do see two that had 1,000-yard seasons, but none after their fourth season that broke out. And the reason I restrict it to just the first um, season is because that's where Devontae Parker was uh, drafted. Um, now, Golden Tate, Emmanuel Sanders, even Antonio Bryant, um, drafted in 2002, Curt uh, Kevin Curtis, James Jones, uh, Laurent Robinson, Brandon LaFell. These guys have had top 24 seasons in their fifth season uh, or beyond, but all of them were drafted outside the first round. Now, why is that significant? It's because first-round receivers tend to get opportunity thrown at them, whether they're earning it or not, just because the investment the team has made. All of these players were drafted outside the first round, and so we can give them a little more leeway. After the fourth year, even drafted in the fourth, especially drafted in the first round, makes me extremely unlikely to be interested in them um, for the future. Now, I would say that first round players always carry some value for some people, and so if he drops to the waiver wire, like I pick up a Laquan Treadwell or a Devontae Parker or even a Philip Dorsett sometimes if I have a roster space because that first round pick's always going to make people wonder if they join a new team or something like that. It's always going to make them wonder if they're going to break out now finally. Like I just said, I'm pretty convinced they're not. But you might get that value jump if something like that happens. That's a quick rundown of the top. Um, let me look at the, uh, the ones who have gained the most in ADP. Since September, Tyler Boyd, Philip Lindsay, Marquez Van Valdez-Scantling, Ito Smith, Kike Kiki Kude, Kute, I'm never going to say his name right, um, James Connor, uh, Austin Eckler, James White, Patrick Mahomes, obviously, um, Elijah Maguire, um, David Moore, um, and Quincy Anunwa. These are the top 12 players in ADP, have risen in ADP since September. So the ones that have gained the most value, uh, and they're all very justifiable, frankly. They've all done very well. The only player that's over 25 in that group is 26 years old. So if you have them, these were players that have increased in value, so we might be looking to trade them. But make sure you get a decent return on them because their value has definitely risen, and I would say all of these are justified. Um, Tyler Boyd and Philip Lindsay um, topping the bill. Now, the one name that sticks out to me in terms of a player that I would be looking to trade is Marquez Valdez-Scantling. Um, it was Geronimo Allison before him, and it'll be whoever it is after him after him. And I don't see anything particularly in his rookie profile that makes me think this has something to do with him. He's never excelled or done well without some kind of advantage in college. And he finally broke out at age 21 after he had develop physically as far as he, as he could but gain the most amount of athleticism with the most amount of experience and also teams just look towards their veterans or older players in college to give opportunity to and that's when he got minimal barely minimal average um, receiving yards of market share of receiving yards for his college team which is in the NFL it's taken Aaron Rodgers and everyone else on the depth chart either being injured or occupied by better corners 
Um, he's doing well. He might be very useful down the stretch here, but I'm not particularly excited about him in Dynasty. So he's someone I would consider trading, especially if I'm not competing uh, right now. I don't think I, if I literally don't think I can win the league. Um, Jake had a slightly different opinion than me on our last podcast where we focused on him, though. So you might want to re-listen to that to make up your mind. I don't. Looking at the players I've got flagged in terms of ADP rises, um, John Brown, Chris Herndon, Naheem Hines... Um, and Tyler Lockett have all risen in ADP. I just don't think they've quite risen far enough. Um, Lockett has risen 44 spots, so instead of being drafted um, at 127, which is about round 10, I think, he's now being drafted at spot 83, which is a two-round jump, so round 8 or so. I don't think that's high enough. The thing that's holding Lockett back right now is one, he's become touchdown-dependent, long-distance touchdowns, but that's because of the nature of one, one of the things that he excels at. But also the Seahawks offense is so restrictive in terms of opportunity. They throw the ball so little that that's really the only way he could have scored fantasy points is long distance touchdowns. Like Golden Tate before him, this is a very skilled player in college with a high degree of market share in terms of yards, touchdowns, receptions, and everything. And he showed exciting ability in his first year. He got injured. He's now showing his returned to his earlier form the fact that his production is um unsustainable means i'm trading him away if i'm looking for value through the playoff hunt but i'm aiming for him if i'm in a dynasty league where i'm not competing because if he gets in a situation where he can get more opportunity he's showing he has the talent he flashed in college and that means this is a a talent bet this player is not an eighth round player he's very i think he's a fourth fifth round player in terms of talent He's just not in a situation right now, which is great. But I generally think and genuinely think the opportunity solves itself. We can't predict the future. We don't actually control NFL teams. You've just got to bet that a player that's showing all the signs of being supremely talented will get opportunity, um, either on a different team, different situation, through a trade, or the team changes its stripes. So for next year and beyond, I'm really interested in Tyler Lockett. For this year you should be trading him <laughs> because he's become some so touchdown dependent that variance is going to kick you in the butt um, during one of your playoff games. And if you happen to start him, then that's gonna, that, that could mean that you lose. Naheem Hines um, has risen 57 spots. Um, I'm wondering if that's soft, though, because over the last couple of weeks, it's been mostly the tight ends with the return of Jack Doyle. Um, even though Eric Ebon is still catching all the touchdowns, um, Hines has scored almost as many fantasy points in PPR as Philip Lindsay. He is not valued there, even in this ADP, and having struggled over the last two weeks, I think that number's soft. So I think he's someone I'm interested in if I'm interested in next year and beyond. Matt Breeder and Tyrell Williams, Austin Hooper are all names that catch my eye on this um, list of players that have risen in value, and I think justifiably, but probably not quite as high as I think they should have gone. Chris Godwin is being drafted under Christian Kirk, who I love as a prospect, but Chris Godwin's more experience. He's been in the NFL an extra year, and I think he's got the same level of upside. Now, he's more of a wide receiver too. Christian Kirk, I genuinely think, could be a one, but I think their upside is, when you consider likelihood, I think their upside is similar, and they've been drafted behind him right now. You probably already know this, that me and Jake both feel that Adam Thielen is risen in value. He's risen 20 spots to ADP 17.5. I think he's a wide receiver one. I, I've got him in, ranked in my top 12 right now, so I, I actually think there's value in going and trading for that uh, for that player. Um, uh, I've also got Tajay Sharp. 
uh, flagged here. He's risen a whole two spots, which means he's now maybe being drafted in the last round. I think a lot of people are going to be interested in Jono Smith, who's higher on this list in terms of he's risen further in draft capital. And Jono Smith is someone who's got an excellent rookie profile, even for a tight end. Um, he's 23 years old. That puts him very close to his breakout season next year in terms of when tight ends break out. Love Jonah Smith. But I think Tajay Sharp has been showing more signs of being the second target in the offense. And with the return of Delaney Walker, hopefully next year, that could put Jonah Smith in question or see his value drop slight. And so I think he's the sneaky dynasty target. The other name I've got for you, just because I'm aware I'm probably running on too long now. I've got to edit this to back down to 20 minutes. Um, I was more interested in him until recently, but he's not being drafted. He hasn't been drafted um, either in September and he hasn't been drafted in November either, probably because he's been on IR. He's a rookie. He was drafted in the sixth round by a team that is showing increased efficiency. Now they've added to their wide receiver core. So I had a lot of hopes for him next year and when he gets off IR and when he maybe gets a chance to earn opportunity. Six round picks don't often hit, obviously, so this is a long shot bet. That's why he hasn't been drafted. His name's Cedric Wilson. Um, according to player profiler, he has a 69th percentile dominator rating. I calculate dominator rating slightly differently, but he also flagged as uh, breaking out fairly well in terms of his overall market share of touchdowns and rece um, receiving yards. Um, his breakout age is a little bit more of a concern, but in the same way I am less concerned about lower drafted wide receivers breaking out later in the NFL because it takes a while to earn opportunity, the lower down in draft capital a player goes, the less concerned I am about breakout age. The risk is less. Being a six-round pick in the NFL means you've never had to... I mean, he's literally never been drafted. So pretty much probably always been on your waiver wire. That's just a low-risk bet. It is a concern, but it's less worrying just because of the risk. And mostly you're just trying to find some evidence that a player's got talent, and his receiving yards in college indicate that he could. He compares best on player profiler to Josh Reynolds, who's showing that he can be productive when he gets opportunity. He's never going to get it unless someone's injured, though. And Cedric Wilson only has Amari Cooper now to deal with, which is why I'm a little less interested. Um, but also Alan Hearns and Cole Beasley. I think he can easily fill in as a second target for Dak in the future. You don't have to rush out and pick him up now. Wait till you get a roster spot. But he's definitely a name I'd put on my watch list um, just to see what shakes out with Dallas. All right, I've... I've talked on now for whew, way too many minutes. I've already got half of this to cut. So thanks for checking out the Dynasty Crossroads, especially without Jake here. I know he's the main draw. I know you were hoping to see him come on and explain why Rashad Penny is the best running back the Seahawks have. But still, um, I'm sure we'll be able to do that next week when he comes back. And uh, we'll all be really grateful for that. I'm looking forward to it. Um, so thanks for checking us out. I hope you had some fun. I found some useful information in this. I always have fun in the Dynasty Crossroads, although it's a lot less fun with that, Jake. Thanks very much, and I will talk to you again next week. See you then. You're at the Dynasty Crossroads that filming the Dynasty Crossroads that film and analytics create Peter crunches numbers and Jake just grinds that tape It's the Dynasty Crossroads where film is everything The Dynasty Crossroads where numbers are the king 
There may not be consensus, but we'll give you everything. This is working. That's that's worrying. It's probably it's not really meant to work.